Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Woo! Fellas, can you believe it? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Can you believe it? One year later, and here we are. I think in many cases, if I asked you what you did on your birthday last year, you could probably remember what you did on your anniversary last year, who you had over for Thanksgiving, who you had over for Christmas, whatever holiday you celebrate. But if I randomly said to you... That's a long time ago. Yeah. It was hard for me to remember last week. <laughs> it's hard for me to remember last night. <laughs> so, But if I randomly asked you what you were doing on March 11th of last year, under normal circumstances, you'd be like, yeah, man, I, I, I have no idea. But... March 11th is a day that will live in sports infamy for a lot of reasons. Gobert game, the shutdown of the NCAA tournament, and the elimination of the lifeblood of sports, fandom. Mm. And to be honest with you, in many cases, it still hasn't come back 100%. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Key, if you can remember what you did last night, <laughs> fill us in. And then I want to get to ID Network. where you guys were, what you were thinking, and some amazing revelations before the first segment ends from Adam Silver, who had some incredible comments about just how he navigated last year. We'll get into that in a second. We'll talk about it throughout the course of the morning. What's going on? Nothing, just chilling, making sure. It was nice, though. Uh, Yesterday, as far as the, yeah, the today's supposed to be nicer too. Yeah, right? as far as the weather went, it was pretty cool. I, I didn't do much; just was at home, just chilling, just watching TV, scrolling through the television set, messing around with the dogs, walking them around. And I had a rough day. Taxes yesterday. I mean, you know, you yeah. could afford it. No, you're right. Just taxes. So words make me cringe. What's but anyway, taxes <laughs> make me cringe. But go ahead, move on. Well, at least you. Never yeah. Mind. Yeah. So. <laughs> Speaking of cringe, I mean, it was a cringeworthy moment for a lot of people. Like, we know, listen, Rudy Gobert could go down as the greatest player in jazz history. He probably won't. We got Malone, Stockton, and Mitchell. But let's yeah. just say he just goes nuts over the next 10 years. It's a hyperbolic Rudy statement. Gobert is going to go down as, like, to a degree, a big part of his story is that person. Right. So, at the podium. Right. Like, that's uh, – and I know he's defensive player of the year, right. very talented. That's still a burning image in my mind. No matter what. No matter what he does on the court, is yes. what I was saying. Right? Yes. No matter what he does on the court, two of the last three years, he's been the defensive player of the year. One of the best international players in the league that's more global just every single day. All of that, the, touching the microphone. I know, I know it's not fair, Key. It's just in my mind. But when he retires, no, in the first sentence, yeah. when he fair. retires, in his first sentence, it's going to say, Rudy Gobert <laughs> – the man who shut down sports in the pandemic of 2020. Just where were you guys? What were you thinking? I mean, because we live sports, but that was truly an unprecedented moment that no matter how long we live, we're probably never going to see anything like that again. You know, what was I? Where I was in L.A. and I was working, obviously, at ESPN in Los Angeles. Um, I don't remember if I was on the air when it actually happened, but when he did the whole touching of the, Mike and playing, uh, doing that, it didn't really, you know, at that time, it just didn't register. Mm. And, and if anybody would say that it registered, they're damn lie. Even the jazz Whoa. reporters were laughing. The ones yeah, that because touched, they didn't know. register that, right. oh, my God, he could shut down the league. No one, right. it just, and then once it Boom. happened, then that's when you really started to say, well, what an idiot. And what, you know, that's when you really started to look at it and go, now it's serious. Now, all of a sudden, uh-oh. Because you just didn't know enough about it. We were not educated enough. Even to this day, we're not educated enough about it. We're still trying to figure out everything about what goes on with COVID. And so when you go back and you look at it a year ago, you, you didn't know. You didn't know, but he shut down the league. You certainly don't, would not want your name linked to that 50 years, 100 years from now. 
So Stefan Marbury started tweeting about this stuff like a year ago mm-hmm. before the whole outbreak because he obviously is huge over in China. Mm-hmm. My wife's brother goes over to China a lot. They were talking about it. And so we had a crazy situation around February last year. Our, our daycare taker of our child went back home to Seattle. And when she came back, she was literally out of work for two and a half, three weeks. Like my wife and I were trying to take care of our kid while we were both working. It was crazy, really sick. Our daughter got really sick in February. And they diagnosed her with pneumonia. And then it kept going on for like a good two weeks, Key. And they're like, well, it's not pneumonia. It's RSV. We couldn't, they couldn't figure out what this thing was. Now, we're, I'm with my daughter, right? We're coming in. And everybody's like, oh, you have to go out to L.A. for the game. I'm like, I don't know if I want to travel. My wife was freaking out about it. And then I, I talked to Adam Silver. I was like, Adam, do you know of any, any of this stuff happening over in China? He was very aware of it. He's like, look, we're familiar with what's happening. We're not sure if it's going to hit the states. And then literally that day when that stuff happened, the next day we were in studio. And I, I don't know if Rudy Gobert was patient zero. I think there are a lot of other patient zeros before that. Sure. Right? It was already here before yeah. that. Public patient zero. Yes. And then that's when, that's when everything shut down. Because I remember being on Get Up saying, if the NBA shut down, why the hell are we having March Madness? Yeah. Think about this. Go ahead, Jakey. No, I was going to say, yeah, once it's shut down, though, then, yes, the, the mind triggered, why are we doing certain things? What? Okay. Because we didn't know nothing. You didn't know. You just didn't know. Like you said, the reporters are in the room. Joking. Joking about it and laughing because you just didn't know the seriousness of what could happen. Think about the juxtaposition. Two days before they essentially shut down all of sports, the Big Ten tournament is going on. And it's packed in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's packed. Um, the Big East played a game and then decided, you know what, we're going to end it at the end of the first half. half. Midway through the game. Packed. Here's the two things from Silver I wanted to mention. He did a great interview with the New York Times, and I encourage anybody to check this out. It was on Monday where the Times essentially talked to Serena, who went into quarantine super early. There was a lot of people that were well aware of this before it became a thing, and they talked to Silver because, as you guys know, he was on the front edge of all of this, and his decision was a watershed moment that the rest of sports followed in a residual fashion. He said two things to the New York Times. He said, on January 29th of 2020, so let's flash back, January 29th, the Brooklyn Nets held a Chinese New Year's celebration. Exactly. He spoke to a virologist, Adam Silver did, named Dr. David Ho. And he said all this in the New York Times. And Dr. Ho and said something to Silver. He goes, this is going to be really bad. And mm-hmm. Silver has always gotten credit for, as you said, well aware of it, as Jay said when he spoke to him, and how seriously he took it. Dr. Ho said, here's a terrible sign. Chinatown in New York, where I walk through two times a week now, it's still crowded. Right? There's no other parts of New York that are crowded. I walked through Chinatown, Stone's Throw from the Barclays Center right across the bridge. It's still crowded today. It's one of the most foot-trafficked places in all of New York pre-pandemic. You can't move around. People mm-hmm. on the sidewalks, everywhere. And Ho told Silver, Chinatown is empty. It's empty on January 29th. And he told Silver, that's a sign that a lot of the world knows this is about to happen. And this segment of the population is already, we didn't even know the term social distancing, already they're in their houses and they're not coming out in January. They knew, and that's where Silver said, okay, something huge is Well, happening. we didn't know what to believe because there are a lot of things, you know, is that fake mm-hmm. news? Is that real news? Like that was a part of the narrative around that time. Now listen the to this. The Super Bowl was being played in yes. Florida, man, yes. in Miami. And the Super Bowl had a sold-out crowd and parties and everything was still the same. Last thing Silver said, there's this perception that 
that night in Oklahoma City when Gobert tested positive and that, that, that uh, attendant ran onto the floor. I'm always remembering running onto the floor. Oh, my goodness, Gobert has tested positive. Everybody seems to think that Silver at that point said, okay, it's over. It's canceled. He told the Times, Jay's shaking his head, I'm sure Jay knows the story here. Mm-hmm. That night, when that happened, when the positive test came down, Silver told the Times this week, he hasn't said this publicly before, he was driving home. He was just driving. They called him and said, Gobert's positive. And he said, okay, let me call Sam Presti, the yep. Thunder general manager. It's his building. It's his team. It's their state. Let me talk to him. Then let me talk to Clay Bennett, who's his boss. He's the owner of the Thunder. It's their building. The testing happened in their facility. Quarantine the building. Quarantine the building. Then he drove home, sitting in his car, not watching TV, not watching SportsCenter, ESPN. Not, he's sitting in his car, on his phone, just sitting there. And then he finds out that there was an official that was in Sacramento, as you might recall, that was involved in a contact tracing, and that was leading to that game getting canceled. And he sat there in his car for 10 minutes, didn't do it immediately, and then said, okay, we got to cancel. And Silver told the Times he thought it might just be a one-night thing. He said, if we can just isolate what's going on in OKC and we can isolate what's going on in Sacramento with this official that had made contact with people... Mm -hmm we can get this over with and it might just be a one night thing. I thought it was an amazing admission, Jay, that he didn't cancel it right away. He stopped, he waited, he was measured. And he even thought at that time, there's no way he told the times, there's no way I thought we would be here today, March 11th, 2021. If you would have told me when I canceled that game, we'd be here today. Never thought. Well, people thought, well, is the defining moment for Adam silver, Donald Sterling, you know, was it the way he handled the, Chinese uh, China situation with Daryl Morey. Mm-hmm. No, it was the way he handled COVID and shutting down the NBA to move forward. Fair enough. And we'll talk about it throughout the course of the morning. We'll take your calls on a variety of topics today, including the Texas Rangers becoming the first professional franchise in North American sports to go 100% <coughs> full capacity opening day, April 5, after the executive order that lifted the state. So you could go to that game, but what's the first game you would want to attend when full crowds return and your thoughts about March 11th of last year? Busy day. We'll get into it. On the way, more NFL talk. As always, the Panthers gave a huge free agent contract to Teddy Bridgewater, and like everything else, (laughs) a year later, things are a little bit different between Teddy and the Panthers and the rest of the sports world the way we knew it. We'll dig into that after Key has this from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Save big doing O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale with great deals on socket sets, power tools, and more. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, you need the right tools for the right job. And this is your opportunity. Right now, get a $10 off a 200-piece mechanics tool set plus double O rewards points. That means you'll get to your next reward even faster. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. You know, oftentimes, if you listen to what people say, they'll tell you everything you want to know. Notice what Matt Rule said. Teddy is a tremendous professional, and Teddy's a tremendous person. He said nothing about him being a good quarterback, so that tells you everything he needs to know. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I guess you're always looking to improve the most important position in all of team sports. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, that's not true. Why not? Because Kansas City not looking. (laughs) (laughs) Tampa Bay's not looking. Never know. Think about it. Kansas City's not looking. Tampa Bay's not looking. Uh... Uh, uh, Green Bay's not looking. When I mean looking, I mean those guys could all still get better. I mean, Brady will tell you in some ways, they're always looking to even improve their skill set. Well, right? that's different than the team looking, gotcha. though, right? We'll bridge to Teddy here in a second because as secure as Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is, the, <laughs> it could be the polar opposite for Teddy Bridgewater. But then again, after what I heard yesterday, I'm not so sure. To that in one minute, fellas, we're asking this morning with the Rangers opening their ballpark April 5, 100% capacity. First no! ma- major professional franchise in North America, Jay. It's in North America. capacity just makes me freak out a little bit. When, start getting April, anxious April already. 5, against the Blue Jays. Put my CDC hat on real quick. <laughs> Your white coat. Dr. Pen behind Key. You. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. Um, so we're asking, what's the first sporting event you'd feel comfortable going oh. to in light of all that? I think you'd like this, Keys. We'll get to the NFL here in one second. Oh, Flores tweeting in, and again, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key, J, and Z on Twitter. Oh, Flores says, we need that Lakers parade already. I know Key is ready. When you go to a Laker parade, if they end up winning it this year and you find yourself back in L.A.? Uh, absolutely, I would go at that point because the parade's going to be like in August or something, right? Jay? Something late, probably. Yeah, yeah something late. Twenty second would be yeah. Yeah. seven. So, so I would like feel way fun. more comfortable in I'm the summertime. I'm way more comfortable <laughs> on the back end of this conversation than <laughs> I am on the front end. Two months from now, or a month and a half. No, nah, and I'm outdoors. Put, you know, and I can still wear my mask and kind of social distance a little bit. But you know, because I because even in the midst of the pandemic. And I'm talking about when this thing was like really hot and heavy. Raging. Raging. Yeah. I was marching <laughs> in the streets of Los Angeles. On the BLM. Yeah. On the BLM doing Pride Week when, uh-huh. we, when we all came together. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm outdoors. I got my mask on. I'm being safe. But sitting indoors in April. Now, if you told me that I could go to a Kings game. and Outside. Sit, no, Kings meaning, meaning oh, hockey. Okay. In... Yeah, but July, never- August, September. Now I feel a little bit. Now I'm like, okay, I, you know, by the end, people are heavily vaccinated, and the numbers are down, and we're getting the right information from the real people, not fake news, but actually people with white suits on, the little jackets, with the pins behind the ear, or in their that. I want to hear from them. Messing around with no Texas Rangers. Yeah, I can't. I can't do 100 percent capacity. I, I freak out. I mean, look, we're tested all the time, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I told you guys about me from the beginning. So me being around a lot of people, I start to – it's going to take me a while to adjust to that. I want to get back to normal, Key. Trust me and believe I want to get back to normal. It's going to take me a minute to be yeah, indoors man. with a lot of people. Outdoors, I'm cool. Hockey game, if it's outdoors, I'm great. Football game, outdoors, I'm cool. Inside, See, 100%, mm-hmm. 100% in or out right now for me is a no-no. Right. Now, if you if they said we're going to open up at 
25% in the stadium, I got distance. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling a little bit better, right? Buy me because a drink I'm, first. You know what I mean? I'm I got distance. <laughs> Ease me into but it. But when I got you that sit, close. Yeah, when exactly. I got you sitting right next to me in like a half a centimeter, I don't need you. <laughs> I, I can see Key right now. Imagine sitting next to Key. I chew. Key like, what? You all right? What's wrong with you, man? You good? You like it. I had a lady. I was walking through the grocery <laughs> store the other day, man. Were you so bad? No, I was walking through the grocery store the other day. And the lady was coming down the aisle, or maybe I was going down the aisle the wrong way. I don't want to blame her. But what I will say is when yourself. she came, she moved to the, I'm like, she moved to the side. We walked down the aisle. She done, I got my mask on and everything. She moved to the side, stopped, turned her back. I was just like, I didn't. I just kept walking, man. I couldn't do nothing but laugh. Might as well have a hazmat suit. I on. was like, "Jeez, why are you even in the store right now?" I do have a solution to uh, your hockey situation. Uh-huh. Don't go to the game. Okay, just watch it on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Yes. I, I was reading some stuff yesterday. You might be able great, to just great plug. You might be able to just stream We're it. Start on talking ESPN hockey Plus. now. Yeah. Instead Let's of going go. to Staples Center, just sit home and watch it on Plus. All right. So sitting home and figuring out what to do with the eighth overall pick is what the Panthers have here. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Up until yesterday, it sort of seemed like the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater were headed for a divorce. The Panthers just simply are resetting. They want to detonate it and build back up very quickly. That's part of the reason they got Matt Rule as a program builder at Temple at Baylor, and he's hoping to do the same with Carolina. Teddy was a, sorry for the pun, a good bridge, bridge quarterback, but they wanted to do better. And Teddy unfollowed them on social media. And Teddy's a really quiet guy. He doesn't say very much. So that actually spoke volumes when he did that. But maybe, just maybe, a reunion is in the works. Maybe they'll bridge their differences. This is Matt Rule. Listen to this yesterday in light of all of the things the Panthers have said in the past about moving on and the actions they've had on moving on from Teddy. How about this role reversal? Teddy is a tremendous professional. And Teddy's a tremendous person. He's having a great offseason, I'm sure. I can't wait to get him back here. And I think he's determined to play his best football next year. As far as where he stands with us, I mean, he's our quarterback. Because of where we're picking, uh, you know, we'll certainly uh, check out uh, quarterbacks in, in addition to other players as well. I think anybody that's, you know, in the top 10 or 12 since we're picking eighth, you know, I think we'll, we'll have a presence at their pro days. I think I heard that a couple of <laughs> times this year from a couple of general managers or coaches. He's our quarterback. And the guy gets moved. So, look, at least they were, you know, up front with him and kind of let him know what their plans and their thinking process is. So that's all you ask for as a player. I'm cool with that. Look, if, if you want to trade me, just don't try to bamboozle me. You know what I mean, Key? Yeah. Don't do it behind closed doors. Tell me directly to my face. Be transparent with it because then that allows me to process the situation better. Yeah. And I don't lose trust in you because now our trust is actually growing because you're telling me the truth. Yes, that is correct. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, the LeBron-Michael debate that no one's having, but we will. Next, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. How concerned should the Lakers be about Anthony Davis? You saw how stiff that right heel area was. Didn't want to get any flexibility in it as he as he limped off. And that's not a good sign. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. No, it isn't. But the sign we're talking about isn't short-term for the Lakers. It isn't short-term for LeBron James. It's long-term. If we did this radio show for 50 years, we could probably come up with a Michael LeBron topic a half century from now, and in some strange way, it would still be relevant. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So here's the topic we're going to broach, and apparently, according to Key, it won't be the last you hear of it, but let's make it the first you hear of it on this program. So who is going to have most, more titles post-playing career? So let's explain this. Michael, of course, is the owner of the Hornets, and they have LaMelo Ball, and for the first time, it seems like they're kind of turning that proverbial corner. Michael's a young man, relatively speaking, of course. He's closer to 60 than he is to 50, but he can own a team for a long time, and maybe if Charlotte makes the right moves, he can be successful off the court in terms of titles, maybe not getting the 60 yet as a player, but moving ahead. LeBron, of course, is going to have the money, the wherewithal, and the capital and the currency, literally and figuratively, to get involved in anything he wants, buy anything he wants, be an owner at any level he wants. So, Jay, considering where Michael is now, firmly as an owner, the NBA's only black owner at this point, and LeBron probably getting into ownership or anything that he wants, but let's make it ownership for the purpose of this argument. Moving ahead, years down the line, more successful championship-wise as a potential owner off the floor. LeBron, Michael, the debate continues. LeBron James. It's a couple of reasons. Number one, his ability to assess talent. And I know people are going to say, well, it's just an all-star game, but he's very strategic in the way he goes about it. 2008, all, 2018 all-star game, when they went to individual captains, you can pick your own team. Mm-hmm. He won. 2019, he picked his own team. He won. 2020, he picked his own team. He won. 2020, the assimilation of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. AD. Hey, kind of recruiting AD throughout the All-Star selections a year prior. They win the NBA championship. 2021, they win again in the All-Star game. And also this. People forget about this for LeBron James. Yeah. Quietly while LeBron James is playing in the league, having all of his endorsements, building. There was a great article on Fast Company the other day about him and Maverick Carter and what they're building with Spring Hill Productions and they're becoming a media mogul. He's also quietly building something else with Rich Paul, who is becoming the most powerful agent in the game. So when you have Rich Paul, who continues to accumulate the biggest clients in the game, and you're a part of that, and whatever reason, or whatever way you want to explain that relationship, those things will continue to grow and build, and those will be factored into if you do own your own NBA team one day. Is Rich Paul going to have a part of that if he decides to leave being an agent? And those relationships that you have with players, can you then – filter those players or funnel those players to a degree 
to that franchise or pan it out that way. So all those things combined, I just think he has a head start on where Michael Jordan is now because Michael wasn't thinking this way when he was a player. He was a trendsetter and blazed the scene for people to earn at a high rep, but not the way LeBron James is doing it in 2021. I, I look at it a couple different ways. I don't look at it as will he have a more successful, productive postseason manager, uh, managerial position when he owns a team. In fact, he probably will own a team because that's something that he wants to do. Might be a soccer and there's, team, and there's, be basketball, could be there's, multiple teams. There's <laughs> opportunities. Teams. There's opportunities will be out there for him. And what what I'm going to say is, it's easy as a player to identify talent to come play with you. It's different when you're not playing to identify that talent. Kwame Brown? You know, because I'm saying to myself, I'm LeBron James. I need a shooter. I need a defender. I need a big that's not going to get in the way. As a non-player, there is no LeBron James on the court. So let's start there. You're missing the you're missing the meat, the big piece of meat that's in the middle. You don't have on the floor. Irreplaceable. So it's like okay, I I don't have a LeBron. So what am I going to do about putting people around those different players to try to give the same things that I did in my career to my organization? Then when you look at Michael Jordan. One, he's in a bad situation in terms of Charlotte. So it's let's face it, we talk about this all the time. Charlotte's a great town, great city, all the whole deal. But players in the NBA, when you talk about free agency, they're looking to get to the big cities. We see it. Only guy stayed for the most part is Giannis, and we don't know where that's going to be two years from now. Mm-hmm. We looked at OKC and we watched Westbrook. Then eventually he got out of there. All three. I mean, when you all three of them. So when you start to look at it. Jordan is not in the best position, so all of his guys really got to be drafted. He's got to go through a cycle of draft picks, almost like uh, the Boston Celtics to a degree. But it's Boston. It's not Charlotte, where you're drafting guys, and that's how you're building your team. What I would say for LeBron James to be extremely successful in the NBA as a front office guy and an owner is if there is an opportunity when he retires to – find one of the major cities or there's an opportunity for a franchise, whether it's Las Vegas, whether it's Seattle, San Diego, that will get you easier access to players making a decision to come play for you rather than your agent that used to be an agent and all because you rich Paul ain't going to have every single player in the NBA. Key, can we, can we mention a couple of things? And, Go right and I, here, I hear what you're saying about MJ, and I think it is turning the corner for MJ. But let's not act, let's not act like the Charlotte Hornets, Bobcats, whatever you want to call them from <laughs> back in the day. Right? Like, I, they got had me all like confused. nine names. Exactly. They had some really bad picks, man. They made some really bad moves. But that's the whole point, though, is, is you gotta, you, they've got to hit through the draft. But, but, Key, no, you don't hit on Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I could have told you watching him in college, mm-hmm. that his jump shot was broke. I'm not sure you can fix that. They drafted him in top three selection. Frank Kaminsky trading for Omeko Okafor, uh, getting you know, Gerald Wallace, but drafting Jay. Kwame Brown. Oh, wait, drafting DJ Augustine, 
Adam Morrison. Oh, Adam they, Morrison. Man, I'm try, trying Adam to tell Morrison. you, Keith, from some from a person who's paid attention to college basketball for a very long time. I I literally look like Zubin. Yeah. I, on draft night, multiple years. But Jay, I'm like, what are we but doing, Jay, Charlotte? Why, but that's why I said it's easier to pick players when you're playing no. than when you're not playing. It's y'all can easy. see my feet right now. I it's got the easy Kevin for Jordan. Touch the ground. It's easy for Jordan to say. You know, we need to keep Scotty, or we like Dennis, or I like Kerr. It's easy to say that when you're playing. When you're not playing, I got to fill the team. It's much more difficult. It's much more difficult to put a team together when I'm not playing opposed to when I'm playing because you're looking at what you need as a player opposed to what you need as a front office guy in an organization. That's all I'm saying. I said the same thing you just said. I I just think that (laughs) – that's a different level. But, like, but I, I'm not saying it's easy to be a about, general manager. I'm not. I'm not saying it's easy to be an owner of a team or, or to delegate that responsibility though, Jay, to a general but, but manager. Jay, be, we got to be fair here, though. I, it, he, I a, it is an all-star game when you start talking about selecting. You're not getting an all-star team when you own a team. No, but I do think LeBron James' ability to assess talent is a little so, bit different. So let me ask you this, though. You don't think. That Michael Jordan, if the same type of uh, um, I don't know draft selection, draft yeah. selection for, for the process game. from the All Star game, you don't think MJ can pick the same All Star? You only got thirty All Star players to choose from. You don't think he can pick fifteen top dudes out of All Star team? No, I'm sure he could. I'm sure. I, I don't know if he wins every single year that he does but it. But that's a, it's an All Star game. That's why, but but I, that was one of my data points to utilize for the argument that LeBron James is talented at assessing talent. I'm not saying it's easy to assess talent, but Keith, if if you're saying the average for assessing talent is a decent GM, the Charlotte Hornets have been exponentially below average for a long-ass time, man. He has not hit on all of his players, if any at all, in in (laughs) Charlotte. LaMelo. More the latter. So far, LaMelo. LaMelo. And he got Gordon Hayward. They they traded for Gordon Hayward. Like I said, they're moving in the right direction. my man is up in uh, Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. So yeah, but they didn't pay Kimball Walker. They decided not to do I that. I understand. But but was that the right move or the wrong move? That was the right move. Right. That, now. That that's right, all I'm saying. Was term, it the right move or the wrong move? Long term. Right now. Yes. Right. It's the right move. Yes. So when you start to look at it, my whole point is though, as a player, it's easy for me to select guys to put around me because I'm the man. I can go get AD. But if I'm sitting back as a general manager and I'm looking, and I'm looking between. Giannis and AD and another big that got that got some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting back. Which one of the three do I want? As a player, I know oh, he oh, works with me better as a player. Here's where I will give LeBron James a slight edge. Michael Jordan, as he did more things, didn't spend a lot of time in the youth, right? In the youth. LeBron James, Mav, and Rich, they spend so much time in the youth about what's next. Hear me on this. I get it. No, I, so you like, know, I get knowing it. No about Imani Bates. Yes. No one about like the next top tier talent. Even though he's 36 years old, he spends so much time in the trenches, allows him to better assess with the tool set around him, with the toolkit around him to be a better evaluator of that talent because he's still in it like that. And I don't think LeBron James will not be in it like that. That Look at D-Wade, the way these guys are with the youth. Like it's 
different. That generation with MJ and those guys, it wasn't the same kind of involvement. But but my, my, I understand that the AAU circuit, the high school basketball, CRK with his son, you're around all of these players. You get a chance to sniff it out. I understand that. But you're saying eventually he will be past that. Eventually he will be past that. But that's what I'm saying. That's it, where guys can like Rich you, Paul. Can you, can you, okay, as much as I love Rich Paul and I love agents, I love them. I think they're great. He's not just an agent, though. No, but wait, hold on, man. It's easy, Jay, to represent the top dudes. I got to find a dude over in Europe somewhere. I got to find a dude in China. Uh, I got to find a dude in Canada. I got to, uh, and then I got to compare all of these guys to against each other. It's a totally different thing than when I look in a magazine as an agent. Okay. And I know, oh, man. This the top. This is Zion Williamson. Of course. Let me rephrase the question. Do you think LeBron James, as an owner and being involved in decisions, personnel decisions, will have the same track record as Michael Jordan with the Hornets? Or do you think it will be slightly? Because the, <laughs> the floor is pretty low key. Let's. Be, I don't want you to say it that way. Yeah, I'm going to answer it a certain way. Because I think LeBron James will be successful as an owner of any sports franchise he puts his hands on because he's driven. But to say that he's going to be more successful picking talent, that I, I can't, I'm not going to do that because but, I don't know that. For, let, let's part it because Michael Jordan is extremely successful and he's extremely driven, right? All I'm saying is that the history, if you look at the data points of what's going on with the Charlotte Hornets until they start to turn the corner recently, has been pretty low, Key. It's been below average. So it's, you don't have to do, from a personnel perspective, that much, that's what I'm saying, to surpass what the history of the data points have proven he, for the Hornets. That's he, all I'm saying. I Does that not make try, sense? I get what you're trying to say, Jay, but you're talking about a current player who's on the floor who can attract people versus an owner who's picking guys. He can't. Is salary caps involved? There's all I understand sorts all of things. And the city. I understand. It's, oh, wait, easy. Oh. it's easy for you know me what? if I'm LeBron James to go get AD to come to L.A. Speaking of the city, let's bring a guy in to this conversation from the city I played in, Dave Kaplan. Dave, you've been hearing us talk about this. What do you think? How do you think LeBron James would do as an owner compared to Michael Jordan as owner? So you're not going to like this, Jay, because you know I love you. I'm with Key on this. What, what team is LeBron getting? He's getting the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, there's a lot of factors. Obviously, there's a lot of factors. I don't know don't what team LeBron's getting, Don't try to use Dave. your Duke education oh, right now on it. us. You don't stop you it right dare. now. Dave, I, I don't know. Give, you wanna, do you want to make up a scenario of a team? Give me a team. I'm going to sit back now like you, Zubin. Okay, Michael, or, excuse me, LeBron buys the, I don't know, he'll give you the Memphis Grizzlies. He buys the Minnesota Timberwolves. Are you convinced? He's going to get guys to come there because all I know is every business deal Michael Jordan makes, he makes millions, millions. He's a brilliant businessman. Charlotte's just not a great market to go get players. And on top of it, I thought they did a really poor job. Stop putting your hands up. surrounded himself with at the start. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. I know that's hard. But, Dave, you don't don't see my point. The, the, The data points prove because of how bad Charlotte's been. I'm not saying it's not hard to do. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's hard to recruit or to draft incredible talent 
to your city, especially if you're in a team like Memphis. You, look what they're doing, right, with John ja Morant and Jaron Jackson. All I'm saying is that that floor is pretty low. Is it not? It is. He has okay. to have a high bar to clear LeBron. Yes. And I'm a, in this city, it bothers fans every day because I love LeBron James. Because this guy has been on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16 as the chosen one. And he played through a social media era Michael didn't have to deal with. You've never heard a hint of scandal about this guy. He's all about social issues. He's all about helping people. But if you give him the Minnesota freaking Timberwolves, he's going to struggle to get the top players to say, I'm signing up to go play there. Because he's the owner? No shot. Dave Kaplan, co-host of Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Join us this morning on Keyshawn, on, Jay Will, and Zubin. Thank you for uh, that, Dave, and making me Come sound on, smart and right. But Come let me on, ask Cap. you about the Chicago Bears. What's the best-case scenario for the Bears this offseason? Russell Wilson, <clears throat> 100%. Now, look, if you're going to send out a letter to your season ticket holders and you don't put – the number one guy on your roster in the letter, and we've had all this smoke out there in these embers, and Russell has to come out and said, whoa, whoa, slow down. I'm a Seahawk. I want to be here. Not a peep other than, you know, I'm married right now, but those four look really good to me if I decide to get divorced. I, I, there's just more there that people want to admit, in my opinion. Cap, though, you're going to give up Khalil Mack? If, I, if I'm Seattle, hey, I, I'll I give want up. You'll give up anybody. You don't care. Literally. I'll give up anything they want. Ooh. Literally. So you're going so to give up anything they want, and then you're going to try to figure out how to retool the offensive line, change Bill Lazor's mindset along with the way that uh, they think on the offensive side of the ball, and you're going to try to keep Allen Robinson, I'm assuming, because they may want Allen Robinson in the deal as well. Yeah, Allen Robinson's not going anywhere. Um, I am giving them whatever they want. you got to remember something. I live in a city where the best quarterback we've had was in 1947. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You start listing, and again, you make it to the NFL, you're not a bum. I don't care if you're not a good NFL player. You get there, you're an amazing athlete. Mm. But Craig Krenzel, Jonathan Quinn, Jay Cutler, the most overrated player to ever roll through this town overrated oh my god jay cutler won one freaking playoff game stop yourself i mean let me just tell you if you can get russell wilson and he wants to come in at bill laser's scheme is an issue then bill laser there's a cardboard box you could pack your stuff too because we've never had one and this guy might want to be our guy all in 100%. So you beat Cardell Stewart didn't work out. <laughs> Dave, what's the worst case no, scenario? No, I just quite the, wasn't the guy. What's the worst case scenario? Oh, God. Worst case scenario is Nick Foles is ducking under center next year. As nice a gentleman as he is, <laughs> he is a middle reliever on a okay baseball team. That's it. I mean, you don't bring him in and go, oh, man, we're fixed. Because we saw that, and they had to go back to Mitch Trubisky and get Mitchell Trubisky to save their jobs against some bad teams. Look, I like Mitch. He's a great kid. He works really hard, but he's just not the answer. And he needs a fresh start, as does Matt Nagy. They both sides need a fresh start. So if you're bringing 
I don't see any scenario where Mitch is back. I don't. From the stuff Matt has said, you had the team president go out at the Zoom call and say, look, have we got the quarterback entirely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. That was their press conference. You're bringing that back? Stop. No way. Dave, you know that's going to be your life next year, right? You know Nick Foles is going to be your quarterback. No chance. No zero chance. chance. Zero chance. What, what, zero. What, zero chance. I'm with I'm with Dave. Zero. zero. Zero chance. They they'd go get Alex Smith and <laughs> in and figure out how to keep him upright before they mess around with Nick Foles again. Right? I mean that that I, I, dude, that that's gotta be a thought. I'm with Key, and I'm just telling you, those guys wake up in these beautiful homes up in Lake Forest. They're making millions of dollars, and you're telling me with their jobs on the line. They're going to go, yeah, we looked around. There's nothing out there. Run it back. No. It, it, the worst I see is, okay, we tried. Russ didn't get moved, and Deshaun didn't get moved. So guess what? Here's what we're going to do. We're trading up. Matt Nagy evaluated every guy. And don't forget, he was not here when they picked Mitch. Our GM, who I like very much, very nice man. He's made his share of mistakes. That guy didn't tell the head coach of the football team, John Fox, who he was drafting till two hours before the draft. By the way, I made a trade and we're taking that guy. What? That's how you collaborate? That's the problem with the Chicago Bears. So now at least Matt is a competent evaluator of quarterbacks. He's been in doing all his homework. If they can't get somebody who's plug-and-play, then whoever it is, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, whoever the other guy is behind Trevor Lawrence, they're going to move heaven and earth and go get him. Nice guy, GM. Nice guy, quarterback. I, I was, I, you know what they say about I, nice, nice guys. guys. I was going to say that. If Evan didn't say move on, I was getting ready to say, Dave done nice to everybody, and everybody he's nice is pretty much gone. <laughs> That's what they say about nice guys. Yeah. Sid Luckman not walking through that door. When we are done, we lead right into Cap Show, and it's a pleasure to be his warm-up act every morning on ESPN 1000. Dave, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate Come it. Come on, Cap. Can't believe you don't Anytime, ride with me. you know I listen all the time. Jay, I love you, but on this one, Come on. ring the bell, Key. You're the winner. Ding, ding, oh. ding, 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 <laughs> ding. That's subjective, Cap. Come on. Cap is as plugged in as anybody in Chicago. He talked to Michael for years. Theo Epstein would call him all the time when he was with the Cubs. I mean, 25 years. He was the mm-hmm. pre and post host of the Cubs. He's as plugged into Chicago as anyone else. One more quick note. Uh, this is not a, uh, a nice note because it's not about Foles uh, nor Pace. Over the last five seasons before drafting Trubisky, the Bears have the fourth worst total QBR, 47 on a scale of 0 to 100. Fifth fewest passing touchdowns, 106. And the sixth fewest passing yards. Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. That's actually incredibly bad. That's, usually Stats Incredible is incredible stuff. That's good. <laughs> On the way, more NFL talk. And the surprising MVP front runner in the NBA.